ah, man, I feel like one of the biggest things that my parent missed. And, I, and I'll tell you, I think of the whole generation of parents, you know, that raised us. Here's the one big thing I feel like was missed is the definition of failure. Failure was an identity. Mm. And it's something that you did not want to become. And it took me so long and I'm still unraveling it mm. to understand that failure, mistakes are an opportunity. Yeah. It's information. Yes. This this whole idea of what fear does not recognize, it, it never allows um, mistakes or failures to be opportunities. Yes. Yes. Fear immediately skips to results. Yes. It immediately goes to outcome. Yeah. It's going to go this way. It never allows for this journey. Ready? <laughs> Jeez, that R is hard. <laughs> you put a hard R on it. <laughs> uh, yeah, so uh, we're going to be talking today about defying fear in parenting. And where this came from was, you know, just last week I was speaking to some friends of ours and we we're reflecting on, you know, how our parents raised us. And I was also reflecting on myself as a parent. And then I realized that fear is such a huge component in how we often react inappropriately to things right well-intentioned right well-intentioned because i think at the, end, at the end of the day as parents we love our kids and we are hoping uh, for the best for them but i think underlying that is this huge component of fear you know because have you ever found yourself in a situation you know big or small where something happens your child does something and then you overreact Right. And then maybe you realize later that, wow, okay, so while the child did something and that was wrong, but my reaction was just so disproportionate. Right. And you find that in the moment, and I mean, I have like several images of moments where something that happened and my response was just like disproportionate. And it's like, if you were to be honest with yourself and sort of like dig deep, you know, to like the bottom, bottom layer, it's like, what was the thing that made you overreact? Mm -hmm. Right. Fear. Right. Fear perhaps that your child was in danger. Fear because it did something wrong and you projected that thing to the future and you thought, oh my goodness, if I do not deal with this thing so severely, oh my gosh, you're going right. to be like a horrible person in the Correct. future. You know, the way it shows up for me, this, this fear um, is that I'm never able to turn off. You know, I'm never mm. able to just sit back and enjoy my moments. Like there's mm. this constant... Um, scan happening. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm listening to every sound. I'm listening to what's happening. I mean, it can be a thing that even creeps up in like my time for sleep. Yeah. Yes. Where I'm listening yes. for, okay, what's going on in my kid's room? Yeah. I heard somebody move. Are their covers, you yeah. know, on correctly? Is it too cold? Yes. And the fear of this thing that, you know, in your mind exists, but actually doesn't. And you have no reason to believe or, mm -hmm. you know, should have to say, that it will happen it's there yeah um and it arrests you and, yep. and it never allows you to turn off yep and and sometimes it's not that that the thing is not there the thing could be there like you know of course we live in a world that's really really challenging so of course you know the fears are founded on something right as mm -hmm. in we've walked through experiences and we've seen you know people start off fine and then as adults they veer off the, you know the path and you know so it's like it's not that it's unfounded but i think it's that we have to be so careful that we right. don't let that, you know, dominate our lives and our parenting. Right. Because what it does is that it takes a very well intentions, but then it distorts them. And then you end up with extremes in parenting that actually ends up breaking your child, right. which is a very thing that you don't want, yeah. you know, um, and you're talking about uh, like the fear featuring. So for me, sometimes like that's the stuff that literally wakes me up. Like at three o'clock where I'll be like wide awake. And then I just have floods of thoughts sometimes about the different things that give me anxiety. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Even like, oh, is my child, <laughs> you know, dressed sufficiently because it feels cold. Oh my goodness, this happened today. And, you know, something really almost went wrong. Or, you know, you're worried about a certain behavior that you're seeing your child and the fears to project and to anticipate the worst. Mm -hmm. 
So the thing with fear is that it can rob. Like so in my so as I was thinking about it, is that fear has the ability to suck the air out of the room. Mm. Mm-hmm. Right? And cause you to suffocate. Mm-hmm. And of course also because everybody else is in the room with you, then it also causes other people that are living with you, that are impacted by you to also begin to lose their oxygen. Yeah. I mean like and that's a really stark picture, you know, this idea of suffocation because yeah. really how can you progress if you're just trying to breathe? Yeah. You know, how or battling for for breath for and breath, breath. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, how, how can you perceive growth and development and, you know, like take on new challenges and embrace uncomfortability if it's like, I'm just trying to get through this right now. Yeah. You know, um, that's a great point. I think this is a great topic and area to, to spend some time on. Yeah. And actually, um, it, before we like delve into the details um so anyway so i go to scripture to like just help me to process things and the 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 one of the scriptures that speaks of fear and to help posture us as to how we begin to journey through this thing figure it out and get to the end of it is second timothy um chapter one verse seven which says for god has not given us a spirit of fear Mm. and timidity but of power love and Mm self-discipline Mm-hmm. So anyways, I'm just saying that so we can keep it at the back of our minds. Right. That why are we talking about this? We're talking about it because I, as a parent, experienced it. But I was talking about it because it, we were not given a spirit of fear. Right. You know, so it's like, how do we journey from a place where we confront the things that cause us to be afraid, but journey to a place where there's power, love, self-discipline, you know, that surrounds us. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just, uh, you know, just to touch on that that scripture and this idea of where does it come from? I feel like that that begins to help us answer the question. And I know we're going to kind of get into like, Hey, what, how does fear break things first? You know, mm-hmm. before we start talking about solutions. Um, but nevertheless, I think the idea of the fear is not the way I was made. Mm-hmm. Like this is not the divine yes. intention yes. of how I'm made to function. And I think when we, um, as individuals, as people begin to embrace this function as identity, mm. it cements yeah. our ability to grow. Yes. You know, and it's like, I can't grow anymore yeah. because this is who I am. Yeah. And, and what will I lose if I let it go? Yes. You know, like what do I stand to lose? And so that's one of the things that I confront all the time in therapy. Mm. Is that there might be, there might be, um, there there might be this key identity that's competing mm-hmm. with your desire for change. Yeah. Um, and the truth is that until we can let that go, mm-hmm. there can't be a change. Yeah. Um, so so this is good. I think it's important for us to begin with that idea that it's not. This isn't the way we're constructed. Yeah. This isn't. This isn't the divine imagination yeah. of how your life is supposed to look. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's really important because I think some of us, like you're saying, you can live in dysfunction so long mm-hmm. that it becomes your normal. Right. That it's like, wait, should I, I'm not supposed to be worried? Wait, I'm not supposed to be anxious? Um, and of course, fear and anxiety are also a gift in the sense that sometimes there's anxiety, you know, you get a sense about something. And that's really just to alert you to say, hey, you know, watch out. Mm-hmm. But it's not like supposed to be like a perpetual it, you know, thing that you live inside of. Right. 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 Um, so I think that's like very good to yeah. say for those of us who have fear constantly, you know, that's not how we're supposed to live because it really does imprison you. It takes away the freedom that you're really supposed to have. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. this idea of like what's the problem with fear like what does it break like where's where the key barriers that come up because of us carrying fear into into every waking moment yeah (laughs) with our kids (laughs) okay so i think one for for me one of the big issues with fear is that it obscures your sight Mm -hmm. it obscures your ability to see Right. I feel like it almost suck. It can suck out your ability to contextualize, to see things in context. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right. So meaning that you have like, you become very short sighted. So it's okay. My son did this. Um, and because I'm so afraid of the outcome, Mm -hmm. what it can do is that it can narrow my ability to sort of like, you know, to create some space to say, okay, wait, he did that. Yeah, that's wrong. And oh my goodness, that's shocking. But 
with fear, what tends to happen is that you see it and then it just causes you to react. Mm-hmm. Because it's almost like it has fear tends to come with its the survival mode right. way of living. Right. So your child does something and you kind of like almost go into survival mode because that's like fear. It's just like very, mm-hmm. you know, explosive in a sense. Mm-hmm. And then you can quickly go into survival mode. And I suppose maybe for people who have a lot more um patience or they have a a greater space between seeing things and reacting. Perhaps they, those people are less prone to this, but for some of us who are a bit more <laughs> emotive, <laughs> you know, that's they definitely becomes even more dangerous when you're driven by fear. Right. Because it means that, you know, because let's say for you, mm. um, you are the type of, type of person who see a situation, but I think you have better ability compared to me to maybe create a bit of distance, muse on it, and then react. Right. Uh, and maybe it's also a mother thing. I don't know. But I know for myself, when I see certain things, it I have to be so conscious to create a space between, oh my goodness, that happened and my reaction. Mm-hmm. But I know that when I'm driven by fear, you know, I tend to overreact. But then the thing is that my sight is obscured. Mm-hmm. So the, even my the my my reaction is uh it's just it ends up not being appropriate. Right. 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 So you lose your ability to sort of like appropriately see long range and see the whole situation. Mm-hmm. So the thing is a child does something with fear. You want to jump to conclusion and resolve it or without fear. It could be a sense of, oh, wait, but they are a child. So the mistake they did is not the same as when the 21 year old does the same thing. Wait, their minds are not fully developed. Mm-hmm. Uh, they did that, but it's not really coming from the same seat of, let's say, the corruption in our hearts as it is in an adult. In an adult, you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. So fear can rob us of the ability yeah. to correctly contextualize the mistakes that our kids make, yeah. or it can even rob us of the ability to say, "Yeah, okay, fine. Today we are here, and we are dealing with I don't know a rebellious attitude." But wait, it's not the end of the world. Mm-hmm. You know, we have time. So fear. Let me shove you to the side and let's begin to systematically work at solving this problem. Right. Yeah. You know, and, and so I think we all like know that intuitively. Um, but but just to dig deeper, there is a lot of actual science and research backing this up. I mean, for example, um, one of the most researched and most evidence based models for therapy, like changing people's mental health is cognitive behavioral therapy. And it's essentially this idea that how you think is how you behave. Okay. How, so it's just, it's dealing with the issue of perception, mm. you know, and, and the main focus mm. is let me, as a therapist, I want to lead you through a journey okay. to change how you're interpreting the things that you're seeing. And if you could change that, you can begin to change like how you behave and really begin to change the chemistry in your body and how mm. it works, you know, and how you react to things. Oh, wow. um, so, no, this this is key. The battle for parenting is a battle of sight or blindness. I yeah. mean, it's perception. Mm-hmm. If I can if I can see correctly, I can build correctly. Yeah. You know, yes. um, so I have to reach uh, for that and I have to be so aware of things like fear mm. that's robbing me, yeah. you know, from being able to see. Yeah. So, you know, I think I think that's a that's a great point. Good place to start off with. Yeah. So I think the uh, one of the reactions and, and so this, these are like a lot of these are reactions from the limited sight. Uh, which is a very short-term focused uh, re, uh, response as opposed to long-term. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I'll say this. I think uh, I think a part of the thing that fuels our fear is our uncomfortability as parents. You know, like it, it, sometimes the, the fear is driven by our need to feel in control, yes. our need to know what's coming next, yes. not not necessarily driven by the growth that my child needs to go through. Yes. Because if I if I reacted by the growth that my child goes through, there's certain things that I wouldn't put my hands on. I would just let them play out. You mm. know, for example, you know, if if one of my kids have a bully, I may not actually respond to that. I may let that play out because of what it can form in his character and his development. Mm-hmm. You know, um, my child is walking through an emotional moment and just kind of walking through like this argument. And this may not be something I need to come in and say, hey, you need to argue. You need to fix it. It might be something I want to I want to allow them to walk through. And you know what? That's super uncomfortable to me mm. <laughs> and it's uncomfortable to them. And I want to fix it because I love them. Um, but also because you're afraid. 
And I'm afraid. Of right. course you love them. We know that we're doing this out of love. But right. yes, because you are afraid. Mm-hmm. Um, so you want to fix it. Right. Or you are bullied. Right. So you were afraid for your child. I don't want them to go through. So you don't right. want them right. to go through the stuff, the traumas that you went through. Mm-hmm. So you're afraid. And mm-hmm. so now you just, you know, deal with it, you know, one way instead of maybe considering other alternatives. Yeah. Yeah. You see, so I, I think that the short term um, reaction uh, that comes from fear is is a real problem because it doesn't allow us to to think long term. Yeah. Like it really limits how long our yeah. sight goes. Mm-hmm. You know, it's an issue of faith. Yes. Uh, it it limits faith. Yeah. Completely. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I I can't necessarily know and realize that I'm probably I should let my child crash. 20 more times Mm. because I understand that at the end of this, that they're going to interpret failure, you know, as an opportunity to grow as opposed to let me jump on it right now, fix it right now. Yeah. You know, so yeah, it's, it's, it's things like that for sure. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I mean, I feel like some of these things are interlinked. (laughs) Sure. No, for sure. Mm -hmm. So so as we're going through this, you know, it's like, wait, okay, let let me just pause. But I just like everything is just so interlinked. Um, Mm -hmm. So the other thing, what is the problem with fear? Right. So the problem with the fear is that it can become a self-fulfilling prophecy Mm -hmm. that leads to more fear. Mm hmm. Right. So that's like the irony of it, that sometimes it's a thing that you fear that you try to circumvent that in doing that, because you're reacting from fear, you're actually just feeding the monster mm-hmm. uh, because um, you find that you are dealing with it inappropriately. Mm-hmm. So invariably you are driving your child to the very thing you don't want them to go to. Right. Because you are dealing with it inappropriately. Yeah. Um, so that's like the thing with fear where, yeah. uh, I mean, I'm just trying to think of examples where, um, I don't know, like you could say to your child, don't do this, right? And because your methods are so excessive, because you are so fearful, mm-hmm. what you may create is that maybe the child was never really as curious as you perceived them mm-hmm. to be. Mm-hmm. Maybe, I don't know, you find them online mm-hmm. doing something, you know, uh, or maybe they were not really doing something, but perhaps they opened a page and then you noticed something on it mm-hmm. and then something triggered in your mind and you became so fearful. And then perhaps you come down on the child so hard. But then what you don't realize is that, wait, now because of your reaction, which is so disproportionate, all of a sudden, maybe you, uh, you know, you, you, you triggered a curiosity mm-hmm. in the child mm-hmm. because of your overreaction. Mm-hmm. Now, perhaps the child's like, oh, wow. Okay. Why was mom or dad just so super upset? Right. And now perhaps they should end up going down that path to try to investigate why you were subset. And then, you know, because, you know what I mean? So invariably mm-hmm. now, it's like perhaps you push your child to the thing instead of draw them away from it. And I mean, I think we can come up with like different examples where, you know, a disproportionate response to those uh, fear-filled things can mm-hmm. actually end up becoming the thing that propels our kids. Yeah. You know? Yeah. No. And, you know, I have an example of that. Mm-hmm. Um, an example of that, something I've seen many times is that is the parent that's like, please don't be like your father. Please don't be like your father. Your father did this. You will not grow up to be like him. And it's a fear because this is how this person was. And here you are talking to this seven-year-old and, you know, through 21. And so what the problem, what happens, and I've seen this is that the only standard of measurement they have in their mind is don't be like your father. Oh, there was never a standard of be, be like, like this. Yeah. And and so the thing that was repeated out of the fear, you know, of where it's going and what your one little behavior did at seven years old. And I got to repeat this over and over is don't be. Yeah. And so, of course, what happens over time is that individual says, look, this is all I know. Yeah. All I know is this bad thing <laughs> and this be. example it's and true. this standard. And it's true. I'm just going to kind of and, and, and what happens automatically is as humans, we just live it out. We just live out what we know because it's comfortable. Yeah. And the idea of having to read for something I don't know is very uncomfortable because mm-hmm. it's change. Yeah. You know, um, and so it's it's way easier to go for that. And so, again, this is just the example of of reacting. You know, I want to say something real quick. Mm. I, I want to emphasize that we're talking a lot about like reaction and discipline, you know, and, and over reaction. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I just want to highlight that it's this is oftentimes where our fear comes out the most, which yeah. is why we have to address it this way. Yeah. Um, uh, but like 
parents, you're, you know, you were made for these children yeah. and they were made for you. Yes. You know, you have the right <laughs> to discipline and to raise your kids the way that you see fit. Mm-hmm. As long as, as long as, as you stay humble and you're mature yeah. <laughs> and you have a community around you, yes. you know, like some of those things will check you mm-hmm. uh, in that journey. Obviously, you know, you, you knowing the Lord and, you know, having that as a, a point of reference um, and accountability as well. You know, that's, that's excellent. So I, I just want to highlight that. Um, yeah, we're talking a lot about discipline, but we're not we're not taking away tools of discipline from parents. That's mm-hmm. not that's not what we're saying at all. Um, but we are saying that and, and I'm sure we'll talk about it in the solutions. Mm-hmm. You know, how do we begin to put our sight and our faith you know, and these other important things before the fear of where this is going. Yeah. I think we're talking about the motivating factor Mm -hmm. right behind why we do what we do. Yeah, sure, That's really what we're addressing. Right, right. You know, because, you know, you may find, and I mean, and I think we're also addressing this because it might be benign, it might be unnoticeable, but I think the thing with parenting is there's, even the small things, repeat them over the 18 years you have with with your child, it becomes a big thing. Mm-hmm. So even the small thing, the seemingly innocent, oh, you know, it's not big, but you find that it's driven by the wrong thing. Right. It's like over time though, because it's 18 years or however much time you have with your kids, that's that thing becomes a bigger thing. Mm-hmm. It's a small comment that's resulting in that that's already, you know, seeded from a place of fear. Right. That you keep repeating, but promise that you're with this child for 18 years. Right. So if it was that you were seeing this child once in a while, perhaps in my, perhaps in my slide. Yeah. But I think it's that we have to be so cautious because we are with them. So if we keep doing things that are motivated by fear, remember it's 18 years of that small thing that now makes it a huge, huge thing that becomes so embedded in the identity. And that's the thing that, you know, we don't want to see happen. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Good. You know, you you have something written here. What fear does not recognize? Yep. Uh, I'd love for you to jump into like, what does that mean? What does fear not recognize? So uh, it goes back to the first point where fear is really about survival. That's mm-hmm. how I see it in my mind. It's just a rea- It's you trying to survive. You're trying to avoid something from happening. Mm-hmm. It's so short term minded. So it misses. It misses other things, right? So one of the things that I think for me, like when I look at the fact that in that moment, I just blew up or I just disproportionately, you know, dealt with my child is that fear does not recognize that life is a journey Mm. and that to get to the destination, there's a road down which one must travel. Right. right, So fear does not recognize that, you know, your child is young, Mm -hmm. very mature, unaware of stuff. Um, you know, yes, you know, and we, we humans, right. And mm-hmm. there's certain nature inside of us. That's just, you know, crooked. Right. Um, but the point is they are young. So it fear does not recognize the fact that it is a journey and them being young is a time of great opportunity. Yeah. Yeah. Right. It does not recognize the fact that the thing is happening today, but it does not mean that this uh, five year old who went and stole a candy you know, because fear says, oh, my goodness, if I do not like panic. And I'm not saying again, because, again, we have to like discern what right. is required from moment to moment. Yeah, of course. Right? So that's, you know, that's, important. that's yeah. very important. But I think it's sometimes that a child does something and you come so hard on them mm-hmm. that you really just like crack their spirit mm. because you are imagining the worst thing. Yeah. The worst thing, you know, because perhaps you saw the worst thing. Because perhaps you saw your father, your parents do something. So you interpreted that thing that gives you fear into that child and their action. Mm-hmm. Instead of recognizing that, okay, yes, what you did is wrong. But we are going to work on that. Because mm-hmm. it's a journey. The, what, today is not going to mirror um, 10 years time. Mm-hmm. Why? Because it's a journey. And we are not going to let the, the stealing go. We're not going to let the lying go. Mm-hmm. But we're going to find a way to systematically, every single day, practice the thing we must become. Because yeah. what you mentioned is very powerful. That instead of always focusing on don, 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 we mm-hmm. have to begin to give our kids the image of what they must become. Right. You know, instead of saying don't become like whatever, you're saying we are honest people. 
Mm-hmm. You know, don't say, don't just say, oh, you're a liar, you're a liar. You know, stop, st- you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's like we are honest people and that's the journey. Mm-hmm. That, yes, this child has a tendency to do eggs, but we can begin to journey. So yeah. some days I'm going to get it, other days I'm not going to get it, mm-hmm. but it's a journey. And fear robs us of that yeah. opportunity to remember that. Right. 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 And I also like what you're saying, because we're saying it's a journey and things must be addressed as they need to be addressed. Yeah. And like, I like even what you're saying that, yeah. And I mean, of course, we sort of like generalizing, but some issues are obviously deeper than others. Yeah. But I think this is also the part where you're like, okay. My child did this. It's bad. <laughs> oh, I feel bad about it. Mm-hmm. All right. So what are some of the tools that I can use? And mm-hmm. instead of, I guess, letting the fear roll out on the child, we can begin to invest ourselves, right? right. In bringing help, doing therapy. Sure. You know, just taking the time to breathe and to reiterate and remind the child of the right thing. And that's the thing with kids. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing I was being and thinking about. It's like parenting is really about forming habits. Yeah. Habits that we obviously hope will become embedded deep down inside of their hearts. But that's it, right? When you say, pick up your clothes, pick up your clothes, pick up your clothes. Guess what you're doing? You're trying to form a habit right. to say, hey, Johnny, <laughs> when you drop your pants on the floor, right. I want you to come to a place where it is automatic that right. you pick up your clothes. That's right. what we're doing, mm-hmm. right? So even with the other bigger things, we're really just trying to reiterate the right thing. The right thing. Right. So that the right thing will become a habit. Yeah. Right. Yeah. No, that's good. You know, one of the, um, ah, man, I feel like one of the biggest things that my, my, my parent missed and, I, and I'll tell you, I think of the whole generation of parents, you know, that raised us, you know, um, uh, that that, you know, traditional parenting is really like fear based. It's a yes. lot of fear based yes. parenting. parenting. Hey, yep. you know what? You know, just all, all that. And here's the one big thing I feel like was missed is the definition of failure, the definition mm. of mistakes. Right. For us and for me, I'll speak for me. Mistakes was a no go. Failure. Yo. You did something wrong. Failure was an identity. Mm. And it's something that you did not want to become. And it took me so long, and I'm still unraveling it, mm. to understand that failure, mistakes, are an opportunity. Yeah. It's information. Yes. yes. Like, this is, this. it actually doesn't define me. Yes. That's not my definition. My yeah. definition comes from somewhere else. Yeah. You know, it's not it's not the things that I do yeah. or whether I succeed or execute according to some external standard that yeah. somebody else set. It has to be, you know, an opportunity. Yeah. Um, and, and so that this this whole idea of what fear does not recognize, it, it never allows um, mistakes or failures to be opportunities. Yes. Yes. Fear immediately skips to results. Yes. It immediately goes to outcome. Yeah. It's going to go this way. Yeah. It never allows for this journey idea, yes. you know? And so, so I think, I think that's huge. And I'm trying so hard to even now recalibrate how I respond to my kids. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, you know, it's, it's at this point for us is repetition. Yeah. We're watching our kids struggle you know, through moments of homeschool, homework. And it's like the re- the thing we have to keep repeating is that, hey, this is opportunity. Yeah. This is progress. We're practicing yes. for progress. I mean, yes. piano practice, yeah. you know, um, watching my kid like throw his head on the keys because he's so frustrated. We have to keep going back. Look at the song, the last song you perfected. Mm-hmm. It started just like this. Yeah. It was Pick hard. your head up. It yep. was hard. But now you just add this one little piece and we're going to. So that's something now that I find we're spending a lot of time going back in to mm-hmm. rebuild their definition yep. of, of failure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 So fear. Um, yeah. Like you say, I, and, even, and even so I so to just add to what you're saying. Mm-hmm. So what I also wrote was that our biggest fears are our greatest opportunity mm. to grow. Right, right, To become mature, to become more resilient and to learn to trust God. Mm -hmm. Because you find that inside of our greatest fear, if we can just give ourselves the opportunity to, because we are confronted with our kids and they are basically exposing the anxiety. It's like if we can recognize that and begin to delve deep into it, it's going to be something that also benefits us so greatly. Mm -hmm. Because I'm going to recognize that, wait, I'm still stuck on that. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right? right. This happens to me. It was very traumatic and it's created this level of anxiety and fear. Yeah. Whoa. My child just showed that to me. Okay. So how do I begin to heal? Right. And how do I begin to heal so that I can also help my child so that when they are confronted with challenges, I'm not projecting onto them really my issues. 
mm-hmm. right? Or even when my child is doing something, like you're saying, recognizing that when we fail, it is an opportunity to literally leverage that for many things. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, for many things. And so what and what it forces you to do is to begin to find new tools. Yeah. Right. But then you become better as a person. Like as a person, you become better as a parent, you become better mm-hmm. when you just kind of like allow yourself to confront that. And I think the most powerful thing that happens when we confront fear is that healing comes. Right. Because mm-hmm. fear often comes from the fact that we were hurt. There was trauma, something, right, unsettled us mm-hmm. as human beings. And we really basically need healing. So the opportunity for me lies there, that healing can come, you know, to yourself. And then, of course, healing can also flow to your kids. Mm-hmm. Um, and even just like you're saying, teaching our kids even the mentality that when you make mistakes, it's not the end of the world, mm-hmm. right? Because we're not, we're not perfect. We're human beings. But teaching them to recognize that, wait, when I make mistakes, it is an opportunity for reflection yeah. so that I can grow. Mm-hmm. All right. Mm-hmm. You know, um, there's a, you know, one of the random thoughts, you know, I'm, I'm having at this point and I'm just throw it out there to see how, how it lands. But um, again, th- these failures is not is an opportunity for a choice to be made. You know, you can choose to to adjust, you know, to adapt, to to grow, to, to learn to do something different or you can actually choose to stay stagnant. Yeah. And not grow and give up. Uh, and, and I'm, I guess, I guess there's, there's value in learning how to give up too. Okay. There's, Can there's, you explain there's value. And so it's the idea is the idea that I think sometimes we all as adults, mm-hmm. as adults, one of the things that we do is give up on our potential because we refuse to give up on the things that are not meant for us, you know, or the areas we're not meant to be. Okay. You know, we, we never learn the lesson of, you know what, this isn't working. Maybe it's time to let go. Okay. And say that this season is over. Okay. You know, whether that's a job, whether that's a friendship, mm-hmm. you know, um, uh, whether it's a, you know, or even whether a, that's an idea about your child. Right. <laughs> yeah, because right, you know right, what I mean. Right, because right, you right. Mis- you you mis- you misperceived your child, mm-hmm. so you are really like maybe I don't know trying to uh, what's this um force a what a round peg into a square hole or whatever. Right, however, right, the same right, goes. Right, 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 right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> whatever. It yeah, says. And, it, and it requires you to adjust and let uh, go of the way that you were raised or a way that you were trained or or something that that you've been through, um, for a brand new you know to make room for something. A, a new way yeah. of doing things. Um, but again, I'm just thinking of the times when my fear went in and, and corrected, you know, I, I won't teach you how to, you're not going to have the opportunity to learn how to fail. Yeah. You're oh, not going to yes. have the opportunity yes. to learn to give up and walk yes. away and try something yes. else. You'll, you'll never have that because yeah. as a parent, I'm overwhelming yeah. <laughs> your decision ability yep. to choose. I'm going to tell you what's going to happen. Yeah. There are times where we have to kind of unplug that. That's yeah. what I'm saying. Yep. Yeah. Because that's like fear driven. You're right. Um, actually, it was if it was even thinking. It, you know what? Fear that it short circuits the moments. Like it short circuits mm. it because that, that's what you're saying. That mm-hmm. you see a situation and fear is like, oh, quickly come save it, yeah. cut it off, <laughs> throw it out, right, right, right. and let's all be done with it because yeah. nobody wants to face this. Mm-hmm. Versus, oh wait, that just happened. All right, so child, let's have a conversation. Let's not jump into solving mode. Right. Right. We, it, and this is, it's like solving mode is also part of the journey. So mm-hmm. it's like, wait, okay. Instead of like unplugging or, you know, it's like, wait, okay. So let's walk through this. Yeah. What happened? Right. Why did that happen? And for me, it's like, that's part of the opportunities that I've seen begins to arise when I don't just jump into save the situation mode because I'm so fearful, mm-hmm. but I begin to realize that, wait, this is an opportunity. So let me talk to this child. Why did you do that? Because at the end of the day, it's like if we can understand also what's happening in their minds and in their hearts, when we get to, okay, let's work out a solution, it will really be something that will be, you know, much more suited than when you just sort of jump into conclusions. Right. Um, So it's like, well, let me, let's investigate. Why did you do that? 
you know so now what it does that it gives and it, and I'm, I'm even thinking of just how the conversation really can be so healing for the relationship yeah you know and it gives a child the the, the child the opportunity to also begin to think and to reflect like oh wait, why did i do that yeah. so it teaches them so many skills and then of course it also teaches us so many skills in the mm-hmm. process uh but we learn so much so that the child did one thing but in turn we get three things mm-hmm. one i got to connect with my child two i'm understanding better how their mind works and then three they also walk away way and they realize that oh wow well wait so failing is not the worst thing in the world because when i do make mistakes it's an opportunity for me to connect and also an opportunity for me to begin to you know figure things out yeah you're right 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 that's good to kind of walk into you know what do we do about this now yep you know how how do we um how do we self-correct <laughs> yep. what to do with fear right right so yeah. you know i think a good place to start is just the question why why are you afraid mm-hmm. you know like what what happened or what is happening what have you seen yeah you know um i think it's it's a well, this this is an important part point that we make often that our our kids aren't just like this trusted thing that we just have to do. And we're now the boss. When we get kids, it's a continuation of our own development. Yes. Right. Nobody yes. gets to choose the kids that they have yep. and no kid gets to choose the parents. Yeah. And that's true. Biologically, yes. it's true. Yes. In foster care is true. In adoption, you yes. don't really choose. You know, these kids show up and it's like, ta-da, let's figure this out. <laughs> and so there has to be a part of that. Like you said earlier, it brings something out of me. Yeah. Um, and so one of the first stopping points is to ask, like, what's up, Eddie? Mm-hmm. Like, what? why Why do you need to fix this? What's What's the urgency? Why are you afraid of this? Yeah. You know, why is this worrying you? Mm-hmm. Um, I think that beginning reflective question might really open doors in terms of the history, yes. in terms of what you're really seeing when you, when you see the issue. Um, it also makes you start to ask questions, at least for me, it does on like, what am I really, what's really going on here? Mm-hmm. It's not, it's not the behavior It's the fact that I just don't like, you know, to have this feeling of being angry, yeah, you know, or feeling out of control. That That's the real issue here, mm-hmm. you know, so it opens up that opportunity for sure. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, you know, as you're talking, I'm thinking that, yeah, these things are embedded uh, mostly in history. Mm-hmm. Right. Even like the sense of, oh, my gosh, I don't want to become like my father or I don't want to become like my mother. They did this to me. And, uh, you know, I'm so afraid, you know, to damage my kids, maybe in the same way that I've been damaged. Mm-hmm. Or, oh, my gosh, I'm so afraid that you will become like this person because this person became like that and they hurt the family mm-hmm. they hurt me right so i don't want i don't want that so there's a historical part and i mean i think that is like probably also one of the easiest places to start yeah sure right because most of the really deeply embedded fear you find that it comes from history yeah and the other thing that i'm also thinking about is the world you know like the world is a very scary place for parents Sure. Yes. Hello. My gosh, it's scary. I mean, I'm thinking of just like the internet and like I you know, start sweating. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, you know, the only saving grace, I mean, the saving grace is like, okay, well, God, my kids are young, but I'm like, shucks, like when they get older, that's like another monster to yeah, face. It is. Right. And it's so scary because, you know, even as an adult, it's like you can innocently go on Google searching for something and then other things that you were not, you didn't, you know, mean to see just pop up on your screen. And the fear for me there is like, oh my goodness, imagine my kids being pulled into these corners. It's just very scary. So there's the other thing, the external factors, right? Of just like the world and just all of like the stuff that's happening Mm -hmm. that can really feed back, you know, into our reality and create Mm. uh, fear. Mm-hmm. Right, as we project our kids being in those situations, mm-hmm. you know, and potentially having to come across those things, yeah, right. So those things can definitely, like, yeah, just you add know, to one that. of the things I often do with parents uh, that come into my therapy office have have an issue, a specific issue they're working through with the child, maybe academics or um, behavioral. Uh, and one of the first assignments I give them is like, I need you to go home and have a a hard conversation 
about what you're what you're really afraid of like mm. your worst fears i want you to look at each other in the eyes and talk to each other about your worst possible fear um and i'll say that next to like that is is hard and ugly but it's sobering yeah because ultimately parents are able to push past the grade and realize that my actual fear is i don't want them to not be independent you know yeah. or and there's other ways besides mm. getting that a yeah that they can find and <laughs> they can find dependence yeah. but it really begins to free up on there are other solutions besides what you think yeah. needs to happen to create the solution that you think mm -hmm. needs to happen there's other ways to yeah. get to point b mm -hmm. you know from where you are right now yeah so it's yeah it's, it's an important place to start yep so what else do we do yeah um <clears throat> there's uh here i'll just say it there it's not it's not easy um but it's hard and it, we just have to let go of control and i'm so sorry i wish there was an easier like step by step on how you loosen <laughs> your grip that death grip that you have you know and just let go uh but quite honestly it's a very deliberate conscious decision you know, where you begin to slow down, slow down your pace and mm -hmm. say, I am, I'm letting go, you know, in this moment. Um, and when you let go, right, it's not just a free fall. You have to kind of surrender it to the Lord, mm -hmm. it, surrender it to God. Like it's an exchange. Mm -hmm. And I think that's one of the key things that Christ was like, Jesus was highlighting, you mm -hmm. know, um, uh, let go of your burden, like yeah. carry my burden. It's yes. light. It's yeah. easy. The thing he was highlighting is an exchange. Mm -hmm. Like, give me the stuff you're carrying and I will give you the stuff I'm carrying. Yeah. It's not just close your eyes, nothing's going to happen. But, you know, the, the expectation is that. So, yeah, I, I think that there's just a very hard practical thing of just you saying to yourself, I'm, I'm letting go now. Yeah. I'm going to let go of control in this thing and, and really begin to trust and surrender it to the Lord. Yeah. And I think to add to that, the whole, you know, give me your burdens and I'll give you you know, my yoke, right? My yoke and my burden mm -hmm. is light. Um, is a sense that it's so with fear, oftentimes because you, it's a control, it's a control thing, mm -hmm. right? And you find that your eyes, which unfortunately there's only two, and I mean, I guess with fear, you wish you had eyes all around your body mm -hmm. so you can see all corners. But nonetheless, it's like, maybe you have a death grip on like 10 things because you, in your mind, oh my goodness, if I let go of even one, surely disaster is going to fall upon us. But I feel like in exchange, you know, oftentimes what God would do would be like, okay, so instead of worrying about 10 things, Susie, how about I just want you to prioritize spending time with your kids? Mm-hmm. Right. I just want you to, and not, and not, he, I, I mean, I don't think God is going to say, I want you to worry, but it may just be like, I want you to focus your attention, not on the 10 things, but maybe on these two things. I want you to be attentive to these two things. Right. 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 Let go of the other ones. And the thing though, is that you find that in being attentive. So perhaps is that instead of, you know, focusing on everything, the big focus becomes, okay. Um, okay. So I need to focus on hearing my kids out. Mm hmm you know, which for me is like one of those things where we are in a situation, I'm really upset. They've done something wrong. You know, and one of my things is okay. So instead of like barreling over them with your words, because I'm one of those, if I get mad, words is how I express myself. So meaning, you know, there'll just be a barrage of words thrown at you. Yeah, sure, sure. Right. <laughs> you know, so perhaps it'd be like, okay, well, I just want you to focus on when you are in the moment mm -hmm. where things are falling apart. I want you to focus on your words. Yeah. On slowing down, mm -hmm. getting control of yourself. Yeah. And allowing the words that come forth from you to mm -hmm. really be words that will be, you know, affirming rather than the words that will destroy. Right. And it's like, that's all you need to focus about. Yeah. And the thing is, and it's like, I've seen this where sometimes like when you zone into the thing that God shows you to zone into, you find that it really brings healing and it helps to address even the other areas that mm -hmm. you had like all your fingers and toes, mm -hmm. you know, <laughs> clutched on because yeah. you just thought that, oh my gosh, if I let go, surely. Yeah. You know, and also with fear is that you feel like you have to always be overreact. I mean, reacting to every single thing that happens. Mm -hmm. But perhaps then it's like, no, chill, let go. It's fine. That mistake, let it go. Yeah. Because the other thing is, 
kids also need to know what grace and mercy looks like. Yeah. It's like, no, don't give them a huge punishment. Just talk to them and move away. Because the kids also need to see that. Mm-hmm. Instead of like the incessant need to just sort of like, you know, uh, be all over everything. You know, it's like when you let go of control, you realize that you do have to allow a level. I mean, I mean chaos kind of like sounds bad, but it's like you have to allow a level of, you know, some amount Discomfort. of. Yeah, some amount. Of, you have to allow a level of some things just not being in the order like you want to. Sure, sure. Right. right? Because that is part of like just the process. Yeah. You know, instead of yeah. trying to get every single thing right. Right, right, know? right. And I like this this statement you wrote here. To let go of control is not letting go of personal responsibility to protect your children. Yeah. Uh, you still have that responsibility. Uh, and we and and so I think as you're talking, we all can hone in to the difference between our personal responsibility and where we take it too far. <laughs> where we take it too far because it's not their stuff. It's not their stuff. It's my stuff. Yeah. You know, it's like, yo, that it was nothing. I mean, the kid is seven years old. It's normal for a seven year old yeah, to, to do that. Oh my goodness. So it's uh there's 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 definitely, you know, just to own that, you know, it's not a abdication uh of your responsibility Responsibility. Mm -hmm. you know um it is honing in on the aspect of your too muchness yeah of of your eddiness of your siblingness you know where it's like nah you don't slow down just come down you you don't need Mm, all that flavor take that (laughs) take all that spice out (laughs) and not oh you know the other thing is is that also for like i like what you're saying is that ah that's normal for a seven year old is that okay well hmm your response would have been appropriate when they were 20 if they were 20 but calm down yeah. okay this is the man you're all could you chill <laughs> right right <laughs> take right, all of right, that right, right, you know right, like just right. dial it down way way down yeah okay yeah, that would have been the right yeah. <laughs> that's it oh my goodness <laughs> you know what let me interject this one right because I, I i think a couple points that we have coming up is again more that internal processing um but just in terms of external resources guys um i want to say this that fear is often closely tied to ignorance right we don't we don't know yeah. so i'm afraid yes you know and, and it, it you know survival instincts quite mm-hmm. frankly i don't know what's around the corner so i'm like hyper afraid about that yes here's here's the key thing um one of the things that you can do is just get information you know get yourself to a place where you can actually learn what is a seven-year-old like you know get a book um you know learn learn more about developmentally what's usually happening yeah you know my child's diagnosed with adhd what's normal there how can Mm -hmm. i learn about that yeah so that i'm realizing oh okay i'm supposed to repeat this a million times so (laughs) you know i feel like it's um information is something that can help us uh, remedy our fear yeah um, I think another thing is community, mm-hmm. you know, to, to actually get around support, learn, like get with a therapist um, here. I'll tell you guys, go to edvardoarcher.com. Um, it's my website and all of the tools for journeying to achieve courses, information, community that I have um, that I'm connected to is there. Uh, start there as a parent. And see if that can begin to um, close that gap of information and support that you have. Mm-hmm. I can. I just want to also make a plug with yeah. information that you see. The thing with fear is that it has the ability to distort things, right? Mm-hmm. It can start, take something that, in the right context, is good, and it can actually turn it into bad. Right. For some people, information can actually feed the fear. Right. Because the thing with books is that they're written oftentimes for like you know it's like okay, so if your child is ADHD. In general, this is what you should expect. Mm. And maybe this is a trajectory of, you know, and I mean, obviously I'm just like using an example here. And maybe this is what you should expect in terms of like the track now of maturity and development. But you know with fear? It can take that and say, oh my gosh, my child is seven and they're not doing X. Mm -hmm. Right? Mm -hmm. So it's like, okay, well, so for sure, it's like there's place for things, but in everything we have to just be careful to not go extreme and to make sure that we also don't now take the thing and then also interpret it in the lens of fear Mm. uh, or in the, it's just in an incorrect way where it ends up doing the opposite. 
right. of what you want, right? right? Because there is a thing of also exposing yourself to too much information, mm-hmm. or taking information that's good but filtering it for your life in an in a, in, in in an inaccurate way, mm-hmm. where it ends up not really helping you but doing the opposite. You know yeah. what I mean? So it's like everything yeah. just in good balance. It's good. Yeah, that's good. Okay, so the other thing that I so what to do right with fear? Yeah. So I think it's like okay, well, so let me take a moment to assess my life. It's the way that I've been doing things. Is that working? Hmm. Right? My child's do this. My children do this. And I'm reacting, you know, at uh, eight. Is that working out? Mm-hmm. You know, is everybody happy? Right? Am I happy? Do I walk away from the situation feeling great about myself? Or do I walk away and I'm like, oh, shucks. That was really bad. Oh, man. Now I have an additional fear. I'm ruining my child. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> Let's go around this mountain again. <laughs> So it's like, um, yeah, fear at work in my life. Is it producing the things that I want it to produce Mm -hmm. or is it not? Right. And I think that's really important. It's like, is your fear slowly eroding your relationships? Mm -hmm. Right. And is it sucking the air out of the room? Mm -hmm. Because if it is, then clearly what to do is that we have to find a different pathway. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. Because the intention is not to create a big, you know, uh, hole between ourselves and our kids. Mm-hmm. Right. If anything, we know that as kids get older and the way life is, it's easy, in fact, for there to be a distance. But we want to build in such a way that the kids will know that they are safe and that when they're teenagers and make mistakes, that they are safe um, to come to us with those things. And we will walk alongside them rather than just sort of being the executors of judgment, um, you know, and persecution because of fear. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's like we really have to confront that. And find another way. Like you're saying, we have to find a different way, right? right. To help ourselves. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's excellent. That's excellent. So, you know, one of the things that I've also, you know, said to um, to many individuals and parents lately is this idea of slowing down, creating enough of a gap mm-hmm. in between responses. You know, the idea that, guys, like 50 seconds mm-hmm. is the difference between a reaction and a deliberate response. Mm. You know, uh, if you can just give yourself moments. Um, and I'll say this, that for the parent who who is just just frequently, you know, impulsive and just kind of, and what I mean impulsive, but it's like the fear-based, you yeah. know, and, and reacting to it, trying to learn to do something different is kind of like learning to put your pants on backwards, you know, or, or the left foot first instead mm-hmm. of the right foot or whatever. It's, it's awkward. It's a yeah. weird, awkward dance at first. And it requires a season of you being compassionate and mm. patient with yourself. Yeah. You know, it's the first, your first efforts at trying to change this pattern is more about you than them. Yeah. Just imagine, I mean, things are just going to go the same as always <laughs> did with them, but, but the first chunk of time, two months, you know, three months is about you learning this new dance mm. and you learning to create enough space so that you're responding, not from a place of fear, um, uh, but from a deliberate place of faith and yeah. sight. Yeah. You know? Yep. Yeah. Um, and the other thing is what, so, okay, so the other thing that I'm thinking of is, you know how we're talking about if we always say don, 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 and mm-hmm. we never say do, 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 it ends up creating the opposite of our intention. Yeah. So I think also how to frame this in our minds is that when I create the distance, right, something happened and fear wants to take over. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to create a distance and that, if I can say, the mantra in my head or the thing in my head should not be, oh, I'm not going to be afraid. I'm not going to be afraid. I don't think that should, that, that's right. going to be effective. Okay. Okay. I think what it should be is that God fill me with faith and oh, fill yeah. me with hope. Yeah, that's good. Fill me with faith, fill me with hope. So mm. how it, does a situation look like if I view it from the lens of faith? Faith that we will all make it out. Mm. Faith that we are going to work through this. Not mm-hmm. fear that, oh my goodness, the world's going to fall apart. No. How does faith look like? So fill me with faith, fill me with hope. Mm-hmm. Okay, so faith says mistake is happening. Oh wait, don't freak out. It's going to work out. Okay, so what do what's the next step that I need to do now to resolve whatever the problem is? So I think that's just so important. It's like almost in addressing the fear to begin to assume my new identity, mm-hmm. which is that I am full of faith and I'm full of hope that we are gonna heal. 
that we're going to f- figure out a solution that you are going to, it's going to, it's, you are going to become a wonderful man, a wonderful woman one day. Mm-hmm. That is my faith. And we are daily taking the steps to get us there. Yeah. All right. Right. That's good. Yeah. And I, it, it ties to, um, it ties to this issue of identity, you yeah. know, uh, you really have to know who you are and where that where it's rooted and what mm-hmm. it's rooted into. Um, and primarily, I mean, you know, you and I bo- are both saying that, you know, we don't know we don't know who we are until God tells us, yeah. you know, <laughs> and our kids don't know who they are until like we tell them mm-hmm. who they are, not who they shouldn't be like, yeah. you know, or what they should avoid. Yeah. And so one of the things that, you know, uh, a, a picture that our pastor gives us every now is this idea that if you want to go ask God, hey, who who is this child? Who is Daniel? Mm. He want to say, oh, wait, I'm surprised. I, I never thought about that. Let me mm. let me try to figure that out. He'd go to his his laptop. He'd mm. open up the, the folder called Daniel, you know, and then all of the things inside of that would come out. And you'd see like yeah. these are all the things about who this person is. Step one, go ask God who this child is. Yeah. You know, um, and then the other key thing to understand about identity formation is that for a child, it primarily comes from their parent. Yes. Modeling. Yes. Right. Not not. Not what we tell, tell them. them, not Modeling. what we tell them. They watch what we do, yeah. and then they go and repeat it. Yeah. Um, and and so that's that's primarily step one. Uh, it comes from their constraints, their mm. siblings, you know, from their context and challenges and how they grow. That's a part of of them learning who they are. Yeah. Um, it also comes from their community and their surroundings mm-hmm. and, and the environment and the health of that. Yeah. You know, all those things, the relationships really is what I'm saying yes. in terms of the community, the relationships that mm-hmm. are connected to them. Uh, that's their identity. Yeah. Um, their identity is not. You made a mistake here at, at five years old. I'm going to beat it down so that you're not the 30 year old thief and yeah. murderer that <laughs> <laughs> that I foresee you becoming if you keep making this one mistake and taking your your brother's uh, candy away from him. Mm. <laughs> so <laughs> that's what we do, though. As parents, we it's do that true. all the time. It's true. Not going to let you be that 30 year old murderer. Um, so, so this, this whole idea of like, know where, know where your identity comes from, mm-hmm. because that's what's required for you to be able to do that, what you just said, but also we, us knowing where our kids identity comes from yeah. is, is also a big part of letting go of that fear. Mm-hmm. And here I wrote that I see our kids and not their mistakes. Mm. Our kids are not their mistakes. That's right. Right. We are learning. They are learning. Um, so and we don't want to abuse our power. Mm-hmm. Because an abuse of power can lead to resentment mm-hmm. and compliance, but without true internal um, transformation. Right. Because what happens that kids are very smart. I mean, it's survival. So as a human being, is when you realize that, wait, I'm going to suffer severely if I keep doing this. You may realize that, wait, okay, so I just need to pretend to yeah. really buy into the right thing. Right. But when I have a chance... Oh, when I'm 18 years old. Oh, Lord, help oh, us. I'm going to escape from this. And that's not what you want. Because right, then it's like, well, we have failed. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's like we want to, as you're saying, reiterate the right identity, separating the mistakes from the child and affirming, you know, who they are. Right. Right. In the process of helping them begin to deal with the stuff that they do that is just, you know, the nonsense and yeah. the mistakes and all of that. Yeah. Um, so that ultimately when they do come into doing the right thing, it's not something that they realize that they had to trade to deal with the power and authority in their lives, but it's really something that they realize that, wait, I really truly benefit from this. Mm. All right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's good. That's good. Yeah. Cool. All right. Well, there it is. That's a problem with fears. That's what fear does not recognize. And and really a lot of ideas on what to do. Yeah. Uh, and I, I think it's interesting that majority of all of that is like, hey, personal, personal process, yeah. personal journey. Mm-hmm. You know, you putting one foot in front of the other. Yeah. Um, And, and letting go of that fear of <laughs> I'm ruining my kids. Great. Yeah. I just listened to Eddie and Zabel and I'm realizing I'm ruining my kids. <laughs> That's not it. That's not it. You're missing it. That's not it. Yes. The, the thing is, like, you no. putting one oh, foot gosh, from the no, other. That's it. Yes. Oh, no. The, I think that the, the point is, okay, of course, you have to take a moment to recognize where we mm. are at. Mm-hmm. Right? Because if you don't know where you are, if you don't know your location, well, never mind. We can't really talk about, hey, you are at point A. You need to go left to go to point B. Sure, of course. Right? So we identify that, oh, wow, I'm located here. 
right. so that I know now where to pivot yeah. to the left or right, south, east, west to get to a destination, right? That's good. And and the message is the op we we are full of faith. Mm-hmm. We are full of full of hope. Mm-hmm. And one of the thing is realizing that yeah, we are humans. It's a journey, and I can trust God because yeah. He is at the beginning right. and He's at the end. Yeah, He's not panicking. So why am I panicking? It's mm. not the first time he's doing this raising a, a, a human being thing. You know, he's done this like many mm-hmm. times. So it's okay. You know, yeah. we're going to figure this out. I'm growing. My kids are growing. We're all growing. So this is wonderful. Yeah, this is wonderful. And it's wonderful to be able to walk this journey with you. Oh, you too. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us again. Yes. Um, Man, yo, we look forward to connecting again, guys. You guys have a good rest of your week, weekend. Yeah. Let's do that. Yes. All right. (laughs) Bye, everybody. Bye.